Hello and welcome to Stone Stories. I'm Abby. And I'm Phil. We get stoned and discuss true crime stories. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy. Go yeah. ahead, Phil. On that note, we really would like to thank you for listening. As surprised as I was, we actually have listeners. Right? Our episode today is on piracy. One of my favorite subjects. And and I went with a very classic pirate. Captain Samuel Bellamy, later known as Black Sam Bellamy, was an English pirate who operated in the early 18th century. He is best known as the wealthiest pirate in recorded history, one of the faces of the golden age of piracy. Though his known career as a pirate captain lasted little more than a year, he and his crew captured at least 53 ships called Black Sam and Cape Cod Folklore because he issued the... Uh, he, he didn't wear the white wig that was popular at the time. You know, the, the really... Oh, the long powdered. one with the big... Yeah, the powdered yeah. wig with the yeah. curls and the... Um, Pomade he, and powder, bitch. Yeah, he had long black hair. And he grew it out and he tied it with a um, black ribbon. Oh, so he, 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 he took it natural. I like that. Yeah, he was uh, known for his um, mercy and generosity towards those he captured, and um, that got him two nicknames. Uh, They called him the Robin Hood of Pirates and also the Prince of Pirates, which which he supported. Um, I imagine he got quite a kick out of that. Right. Uh, he was born in England in 1689. He's the youngest of six children, born to Stephen and Elizabeth Bellamy in Hitsley in Devonshire, Kingdom of England, and uh, joined the Royal Navy at a very young age. In his late teens, it says. It doesn't, it doesn't actually say when. Age didn't matter back then. They were just happy if you got out of childhood, I guess. Uh, it's been speculated that he he, have, he may have had a wife and child during that time, but there's no proof of this whatsoever. Okay, neat. Yeah. There's a bit of speculation in here. I will I will alert you as to what has a source and what doesn't, though. Um, he did travel to Cape Cod around 1715 to seek some of his relatives there. Um, here is some more alleged information. It's kind of sourceless, and, and some of it contradicts itself. If you look at one source, it, it seems to mm-hmm. report. Anyways, um, he believed to take up an affair with a local beauty named Goody Hollett. Uh, who may or may not have had a nickname of the Witch of Wellfleet. Other authors have called her Mariah or Mary. Her age and marital status remains a subject of much debate, uh, anywhere from 16 to 25. Uh, Some even depict her as a very old woman. Get it, Grandma. 
Anyways, for whatever reason, he left in 1716 with a gr another group of guys to seek the uh, treasures on the Florida coast from the Spanish wreck in the 1715 treasure, sh treasure fleet, which was a total failure. Everyone who went after that, apparently, uh, it, it didn't work out so well. Um, after he left the Cape, uh, apparently Hallett was found to be pregnant by, by Bellamy, and she gave birth to a son, which she hid in a barn for warmth, and while she foraged for food, it apparently choked to death on the straw, and apparently in Massachusetts, she was arrested for the child's murder and imprisoned. Uh, her sentence was relatively short, but she was exiled from the town. Oh, damn. That's sad. Hmm. Uh, the treasure hunters, having apparently met with very limited success, uh, soon turned to piracy. And the crew of pirate captain Benjamin Hornigold, who commanded Marianne with his first mate, the soon-to-become-famous Edward Blackbeard Teach. In 1716, the crew became irritated by Hornigold's unwillingness to attack ships of England, his home country, by a majority vote of the crew, Hornigold was deposed as captain of the Marianne and left the vessel with his loyal followers, including Teach. The remaining 90-man crew then elected Bellamy as captain. Upon capturing a second ship, the Sultana, it was made into a galley, and with the approval of the crew, Bellamy took it as his own and assigned his friend Paulsgrave Williams as the commander of the Marianne. They sailed briefly alongside... Olivier Levasseur, who left early in 1717 to raid South America. Uh, Bellamy's greatest capture was to come in the spring of 1717 when he spotted the Wida Galley sailing through the Windward Passage between, the, um, between Hispaniola and Cuba. Built in England in 1715, this is a state-of-the-art 300-ton, 102-foot-long English slave ship with 18 guns and speeds up to 13 knots. The Wido was on its maiden voyage in 1716 and had just finished the second leg of the Atlantic slave trade. Loaded with a fortune in gold, indigo, Jesuits, bark, ivory, and other precious trade goods from the sale of 312 slaves, Bellamy chased the Wida for three days before getting close enough to fire. After a single shot, Captain Lawrence Prince surrendered the Wida by lowering its flag. True to his reputation for generosity, Bellamy rewarded his lack of resistance by trading the Sultana for the Wida. Removing the captain's quarters and upgrading the ship to 28 guns, Bellamy turned his new flagship northwards along the eastern coast of the Carolinas into New England. I, I vote for kill that bitch, but, you know, that's just me. He just sold 300 people. Yeah. Um, I'm a little disappointed he lived, but go on. Hundreds of tons of gold and ivory is a pretty good come up, though. Uh, he would have gotten that either way. Hmm. Anyway, go on. And they've got a quote from uh, 
well, the quote's kind of unrelated. It's, it doesn't connect here. We're going to skip it. Um, Captain Samuel Bell Bellamy, now known as Black Bellamy, um, had a... They actually have a descriptive quote, too, here from someone who saw him directly and wrote it down. It says, He made a dashing figure in his long, deep-cuffed velvet coat, knee-breeches, silk stockings, and silver-buckled shoes, with a sword slung on his left hip and four pistols on his sash. Unlike some of his fellows, Be Bellamy never wore the fashionable powdered wig, but grew his dark hair long and tied it back with a black satin bow. So you're saying your dad would look like a pirate if he grew his hair really long and tied it back with a bow? Well, I don't know. Apparently. Like, kind of like Black Sam. Uh, apparently he was a democratic pi pirate. Uh, they pretty much decided things as a group, including who the captain was and who, what they were going to do with the ships that they plundered. A pirate did not do that. Uh, apparently, Captain Bellamy sailed with two ships under his control. Uh, the White Galley, of course, was powerful and had many cannons, but he had a second one that was light and fast, so it kind of counterbalanced the slowness of the main ship. Uh, just two months after acquiring his flagship, though, um, as she approached Cape Cod, uh, Williams told Bellamy that he was going to visit his family in Rhode Island, and they agreed to meet up again near Maine. Uh, Bellamy and the Wida captured several other small vessels in the area, thus increasing the already massive treasure hoard inside the ship. Um, That's awesome. Stack your cash. Yeah. Um, so no one knows why he was up there, whether he was waiting for Williams or whether he was going to revisit his lover, Maria Hallett. Uh, anyways, the Wida was swept up in a violent northeast storm off Cape Cod at midnight on April 26th, 1717, and was driven onto the sandbar shoals in 16 feet of water, about 500 feet from the coast of what is now Wellfleet, Massachusetts. At 15 minutes past midnight, the mast snapped and drew the heavily loaded ship into 30 feet of water, where she capsized and quickly sank, taking Bellamy and all but two of Wida's 145-man crew with her. Um, all nine survivors from both the Marianne and the Wida, uh, William's ship, the Marianne, was also wrecked that night, several miles south of the Wida, uh, leaving seven more survivors. All nine survivors from the two ships were captured and prosecuted for piracy in Boston. Six were hanged, two were set free, and the last Mosquito Indian from Central America is believed to have been sold into slavery to John Quincy, the great-grandfather of U.S. President John Quincy Adams. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> Small world. Wow. So that's 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 all she wrote? Well, actually, uh, in 1984, uh, Black Sam became famous again when they found the Wida. Oh. And it became, um, 
Well, it was ridiculous. The treasure in its hold amassed about four and a half to five tons, including uh, indigo, ivory, gold, 20 to 30,000 pounds of sterling divided into 180 sacks of 50 pounds each. Um, they, it was, the discovery was made in 1982 by a diving crew led by uh, an underwater explorer, Barry Clifford. The vessel was just under 14 feet of water and 5 feet of sand. Cool. Yeah. Um, Clifford recovered the ship's bell upon which the words the Wide Galley 1716 the first in, was was basically the first proof of the find. Um, they have a museum. Uh, some 200,000 artifacts so far are currently recovered on a six-year tour around the United States. That's very, very cool. We should see it if it comes through town. And then the last mention of Black Sam Bellamy was actually a, a, a kind of disappointment. They said they had found his remains. And um, they were so positive, actually, that they, they found a body and a pistol that was identified as his. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did a DNA test with a living relative to confirm, and it was proved that the remains are of Eastern European descent and are not believed to be those of Black Sam Bellamy. Very disappointing. Yeah. No. But overall, uh, he was a pirate for one year and was the richest pirate in existence. He sacked uh, 53 ships. Good for him. Right? Very impressive. It's an accomplishment. Right? Alright. Alright. So, my pirate, we're gonna go ahead and go a little um, east. Um. My pirate is actually a lady pirate. Um, Chin, I'm gonna mispronounce all of this, so I I'm I apologize. I'm a dumb American. I I tried, <laughs> but um, Chin Shi, which translates to uh either madam or widow of Chin, was a pirate who controlled the seas surrounding Asia until. 1809 when she retired. Little is known about her early life, however, she ended up meeting and marrying Chin Po uh, Si, um, who was a, a um, pirate. So uh, the genealogy basically went, um, uh, he was a pirate prince, so to speak. So his dad was a pirate captain, so he inherited the job um, while working in a brothel. That marriage uh, was short-lived, but after his death, they managed to, uh, or right before his death, I should say, they managed to assemble the Red, Red Flag Fleet before retiring handsomely and dying of old age. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot known about her formative years. Most websites I read claimed she grew up humble, 
which I happen to believe because she uh, met her first husband while working as a prostitute in a brothel. Uh, Chen Po uh, became a regular of hers, eventually proposing, which she agreed to on two conditions. Uh, One was that he respect her, and the other one was she would get 50% of the loot. So whatever the loot was, she would get 50%, like, automatically, because she did 50% of the work. Um, so then this boss ass bitch continues to gain status in her fleet with her husband, uh, eventually fostering an environment, um, some, some sources say through, uh, sex, but others, I, we don't know how true that is. Um, between the two warring pirate fleets, uh, in the Asia seas, uh, to create the Red Flag Fleet. At her height, as, uh, the Pirate Queen of Asia, it's rumored her and her husband commanded 70,000 pirates and 300 ships. Uh, she maintained control of all of these men by creating and enforcing a strict code which was anyone who gave their own orders which didn't come from Chin Shi or her husband or dare disobey her orders would be headed be beheaded on the spot number two was no one was to steal from pu- the public funds or any villagers who supplied the pirates um Three was all loot all loot taken had to be presented for group inspection. The booty was registered by a pursuer and then distributed um by the fleet leader. That was very organized. Right? She she kept she ran a tight ship, there's a reason. There I, I see I see what she did there. Um But anyway, distributed by the fleet leader, the original Caesar would get 20% and the rest was placed in the public fund. Actual money was turned over to a squadron leader who only gave a small amount back to the Caesar so the rest could be used to buy goods for unsuccessful ships. So she had like different, she, she had hoes in different area codes. She just... Uh, she also had special rules for female captives. Uh, pretty ones could be taken by pirates to marry, provided uh, the pirate be faithful to her. Ugly ones were usually released or ransomed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Like we don't, we don't, we don't like ugly hoes. And she was actually uh, rumored to be quite attractive, even in her. Uh, old age, so I, I get it. I get it, bitch. Like, you have to have standards. Um, if a pirate raped a prisoner, he would be down ahead. Um, if the sex was found to be consensual, the pirate would be beheaded, and the woman would have weight secured to her feet and then be thrown overboard. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, I, I thought that was a little strange, but I mean, I... I guess she has her reasons. Like, you gotta be a little crazy to, like, command 70,000 pirates. 
I mean, the estimations were anywhere from, like, 10,000 to 70,000, but it's still, like, damn, bitch. But, yeah, she ran, bitch ran a tight ship. Um, and most punishments, uh, for violations involved death. Uh, some were less severe by, like, caning and whipping, but, um, second offenses were always resulted in death. Like, usually beheading. She was, like... How she else made are hun- you going to keep 70,000 pirates from having sex? There's, there's got to be some kind of serious punishment involved. Right? Especially, like, pretty, like... Yeah. Anyway, um... Her and her fleet went on to terrorize the seas surrounding the continent of Asia for a good number of years, uh, routine, routinely making a fool of any ship that crossed her path. Cargo, cargo or military. Mm-hmm. Uh, under her leadership, the Red Flag Fleet controlled many coastal vigi- villages to the point she collected taxes. <laughs> so she was just... Oh, she made the... Chi- I see why, like, she isn't... Like, not a lot of people know about her, because she made the Chinese government look fucking stupid. And that doesn't happen a lot. Um... Like, not that the Chinese government is stupid, I just... Dude, she... This is a bad one, not the one um, to mess with. Anyway, in January uh, 1808, the Chinese government attempted to destroy her in a collection of battles. However, they picked the wrong one. Uh, She ended up embarrassing them and taking over their military ships. Eventually, the government of China had to use fishing boats to try and win their ships back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh for a long time no one could touch the no one could touch her, not the Chinese, Portuguese, or British. Uh in the beginning of eighteen oh nine she captured a captain of the East India Trading Company and seven seven British ships. Cause like this wasn't like a like the Chinese tried and then they were like okay, they got some of their ships back, I think. Maybe, maybe not. Um, that was vague. <laughs> so they called the British first, and the British was like, we, we, we can't do this alone. So, um, starting, uh, anyway, getting into that, in September of uh, 1809, her luck started turning, partially because of rivaling pirate fleet and partially because the Portuguese Navy... Uh, catching up with her. She was able to hold off just long enough to negotiate a handsome retirement package. Uh, she, she allowed the government to call a surrender. So basically she was like, I'll surrender on these terms. And um, after the Battle of Chiclapcock in 1810 <laughs> on January 21st, Cook. Oh, don't make me cook, cook, clap, uh, cook. Okay. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. I'm glad it, we're Phil. clear here. I was just curious. I'm I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, Phil. Okay. You know, maybe I deserve to be beheaded. Who knows? Um. Uh, she uh. 
she and her crew surrendered, uh, which at that point was uh, 17,000. So, um, so anyway, her, um, she was allowed to keep the loot they stole, uh, mostly from the government of China, Britain, and Portugal. Uh, some were exiled, some were put to death. However, Ching Shi, uh, adoptive son and second husband, uh, went back to his birth name and became a captain in the Qin Dynasty Navy. Uh, Qin Shi had a son and daughter after retiring as a pirate. After her second husband died in 1822, she moved her family to Morocco and opened a gambling and brothel house. Wow. Yes. Um, also having her hands in salt trading. So yeah, it, it, it wasn't, she didn't really surrender. She more like agreed to retire and start a family. (laughs) Um, in her old age, she even served as an advisor to Lin, uh, Zenzu in battling the British during the first of the Opium Wars that started in 1839. Uh, Chin Shi died of old age, um, surrounded by her family in 1844, leaving, leaving them rich at the age of 69. Which, I mean, she was a pirate who died of old age... At sixty nine, <laughs> I just <sighs> anyway, yeah that that's my pirate. What's the cool one? Right, she retired. She was like, yeah, I know the Chinese government wants me dead, but I'm just gonna retire. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um. Thank you for listening to Stone Stories. We hope you and your family stay safe and warm. Uh, For more Stone Stories and more about our uploads and what's going on in our day-to-day, follow us on Twitter at Stone Stories Podcast. Have a good day.